Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. We're in a series here at Big Valley, if you're visiting with us, and by the way, welcome to all of you that are watching online, that I think is super interesting, um, especially if you're visiting with us. Maybe this is your first time, maybe you're watching for the first time, maybe uh, you don't know anything about what it means to be a Christian or what does it mean to be a part of a church, you know? Maybe you've driven by Big Valley Grace or some other church, you know, on your way to work for the last 10, 15, 20 years, and, and here you are. You, you, you picked a great time to be here because what we're doing is, is we're simply looking at what does it mean to be a member, a healthy and active member of our church. Okay, now, I can't speak for all the other churches that are out there, and there's a lot of really great churches in our town, like really great churches. I'm friends with a lot of the, the, the pastors and, and members of other churches. I, I can't speak about their churches. What I can do is I can speak to you about this church and what we see as a healthy and active member. I, uh, we, we, we gather in this little room over here and we pray, and one of the things I share with everybody is, long before I ever gave my life to Christ, I haven't been a Christian my whole life kind of a thing, there was a group of men who started Big Valley Grace. It wasn't called that, but they started Big Valley Grace. And they basically came to this part of town and said, you know what, this part of town ought to have a, a great Bible teaching, Bible, you know, believing church. And so they started Big Valley Grace. It wasn't called Big Valley Grace, but they started Big Valley Grace, basically. And these men put together what we call our constitution and bylaws. And uh, all this document is, is it kind of lets everybody know whether you're a member or not, anybody can get their hands on this, but it lets everybody know, here's what we believe in. This is how we govern ourselves here. The Bible tells us that the God that we serve, the God that we were just singing to and you know, for, he's a God of order. And he wants there to be order, obviously, in his church. And so a group of men, many of them are probably with, you know, Jesus right now. Well, I know they are. They gathered and prayed and prayed and, you know, spitballed and put stuff up on a whiteboard and they did all this stuff, I'm sure. And they came up with this document that has guided our church for decades, long before some of you were ever born. 
okay? I've been here at Big Valley for 40 years. This document was here before I got here. And as I've been looking at it this past week, um, without a doubt, this is something that, that God has used in some incredible ways in the life of this church. In fact, I would go as far as to say it is obvious that the Holy Spirit showed up in these men's lives when they put this document together, especially when you look at this little section that we're focusing on over the last few weeks, and that is, what are the expectations of somebody who becomes a part of our church family? In other words, you know, being a member here at Big Valley Grace is, is one thing, but it's something different to be a, a healthy, an active member of our church. And I'm so grateful that our senior pastor, Joel Boone, decided to take us through this because it's been fascinating for me. I've looked at this document for I don't even know how long, but just to go through it and teach through it has been really, really good for me. And I hope that it's been good for you. And I, I, I wanna just kinda walk through where we've been you know, so far, and these are in the document and our expectations. And the first one is a healthy, active member is committed to church attendance, getting in rows, that's the first thing. And you can see why because of the last 25 minutes in here, right? There is something powerful that takes place when we gather as a church family and sit in a row and allow these folks up here that have all these wonderful gifts of playing guitars and drums and all those things, they got good voices, and together we all sing these holy and sacred and weighty songs. That's why the elders of the church, you know, decades ago said, look, a healthy and active person of, you know, who wants to be a part of this church has got to be committed to this. Got to be committed. Because we know how important this is in your journey of faith. You're going to spend a hundred and you know, whatever it is, 66 and a half hours out there in the world, in your neighborhood, and, and, you know, at your jobs and whatever else you do. Man, the hour and 15 in here is weighty. And it's obvious that for a lot of believers and a lot of members of our church, they don't understand how weighty it is. Because you can look at their attendance record and go, wow. What we just did for the last 25 minutes it just tells you all the reasons why you need to be here. But the leaders of our church decades ago said, you know what, this is great. Getting in a row is really great, it's really important. But the second thing we looked at was this, a healthy, active member is committed to being a part of a small group. We want you to get into circles. This is great. We need to do this. But we want the people who call this their home, who have become members of this church, to get into a circle. It could be on Monday nights or Tuesday mornings with our men's group in here. 
It could be at our women's ministries and they get in circles. It could be at CR, they get into circles. Our uh, older saints, they meet here Sundays at at 11 o'clock in the fireside room, they get into circles. You pick about any ministry around here and we're working really hard to get people into circles where, you, you know, right now, I don't know, there's a thousand plus eyeballs that are on me. We want you to get in a group where you're looking at each other, you're, you get to know one another, you get to care about one another. We believe that that's important, the elders and the, and the pastors of this church. Throughout all of the decades that Big Valley Grace has been here, we, we believe that, which is why we're always talking about getting into a home group or a home fellowship group or a small group. I don't care what name you put on it. It's just that you're sitting in a circle looking at somebody else, doing life with, with somebody else. My, my group met yesterday. I'm, I'm in a group where I'm looking eyeball to eyeball with, with people. Everybody needs that. The third thing we looked at was that a healthy active member is committed to serving. Yes, we want you to get into a row. Yes, we want you to get into a circle. But man, God has given all of you gifts, talents, abilities. We call it your shape. And it was really fantastic uh, a few weeks ago when we filled out that sheet of paper to see all of the the stuff, the good stuff that you are good at. And God gave you the ability to be good at plumbing or fixing a car or, you know, electrical work or whatever it is to serve one another, to care about one another. And as uh, Heather said, you know, Pastor Allen is working really hard to get all that and and, and uh, get it in a format that's easy to access the, the data. And uh, he's really good at that. And so we want you to serve. But number four is, is that a healthy active member is committed to participating in the life of the church through prayer and service. That was kind of the second thing that Heather talked about. We need people to watch and hold babies. We need people to work in our children's ministries. There are some areas when it comes to say like Christmas and Easter where wow, we blow the roof off this place and there'll be all these new people in here and this is where we ask you maybe to serve outside of what you're really good at. You, you may go, man, I'm, I, I don't know if I could you know, disciple a, you know, or go in and hold a baby. Maybe that's not what you're gonna do forever but you know what? When you participate in the life and the ministry of the church, that's where you go, hey, my church has a need. And so though that's not where I'm gonna serve forever, they need me there, and so I'm gonna jump in. It would also include things like when our women's ministries does an event. Do, are, do, do, you, do you get involved? When our men's ministry does an event, do you get involved? When our youth department, when they do something, you as moms and dads, do you encourage your kids to be involved in those events? Forget about what happens here regularly on a Sunday or a Wednesday. And so that is something we believe is, is very, um, it, 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 it helps us to be healthy. When, when we do that. And then last week, uh, you looked at a healthy active member is committed to giving. And by the way, these are all things that you find in, in the word of God. We didn't make these up. These elders didn't you know, make this up. You know, hey, what if we have people give? <laughs> you know, no, this is an important thing. You read about 
giving all throughout the scripture, Old Testament and New. And if you're gonna be a part of the family here, man, just for your own, you know, personal worship of the Lord you ought to give. But in a practical sense, someone's got to pay for these chairs. Someone's got to pay for the air conditioning. Somebody has to, you know, pay for the drums and all the, the lights and stuff. It, it blow your mind if you knew how, what our electric bill was here every month. It's somewhere in the neighborhood. It's north of $40,000 a month to cool and heat these buildings and turn on the computers and all of the square footage and keep everything hot or cold or whatever it is. And as I've said before, man, you don't want to know how much toilet paper y'all use. <laughs> oh, man. As I've said, I'll tell you how we could save a bunch of money, Pastor Allen, is we just give you one sheet, you know, that we hand to you when you walk in and you got to use just that sheet all, all you know, service long. Dude, it's unbelievable, the rolls of toilet paper. There's a room over here filled with toilet paper. It's like, man, what are our people doing? You know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and guess what? When you give, you're a part of what we're doing here. It's not equal amounts of giving. That's not what God says. You all have to give equal amounts because what I can give may be, you know, way more than you can give. Some of you could give way more than I give. It's, it's kind of an equal sacrifice is what it is. But then you, then you bring it with joy, knowing that you're a part of this incredible church family that's touching the lives of a whole lot of you know, people. Then tonight, we're gonna look at number six, a healthy act of members committed to allowing others to help them in their journey with Jesus. This is basically about accountability. Next week, you're gonna look at a healthy act of members committed to growing in their relationship with Jesus. And you can't separate that apart from this. There are certain things we believe if you wanna be a part of our church. This isn't a place where you just come and willy-nilly believe whatever it is you wanna believe and think whatever it is you wanna think and feel what it is. I mean, no, God has given us his word and there are certain things that we believe to be true. Some of you may not know what those things are. When I first gave my life to Jesus here, it wasn't in this building, it was on another location a long time ago, I didn't know anything. I, I literally knew nothing. I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell you where Genesis was. I couldn't tell you where Matthew was. I didn't know anything about Revelation. I just knew that God cared so much about us. He put a book in here to help us get jobs. And I'm not, that's not a joke. I literally was going, man, look, job. Wow. God cares so much about our lives. He's got a whole thing in here on jobs, man. Had no clue that it was about a man. But guess what? A healthy, active member continues to grow and learn and all those things. And so it doesn't matter where you are today. I guess what matters is maybe where you're gonna be tomorrow. So as I said, we're gonna look at number six today. And so I'm gonna set this up a, a, a little bit weird and we're gonna, pretty, we're gonna run through it pretty good here. It's, pretty, it's a pretty simple message. All I can do is goof it up, really. But uh, I want to lay a, a foundation that I think will help us. So in Matthew chapter 22, um, a young guy came and asked Jesus a, a question. In verse 36, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? 
And so, so when that happened, there was no New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, all the way through the book of Revelation. None of that was there, but they, but they basically had the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way you know, through Malachi. And so this guy, this kid comes up and says, hey, out of all of the laws in the Old Testament, and there were well over 400 laws, you probably have heard of the big 10, you know, the 10 commandments, but there were 400 laws. This, this guy asked a pretty decent question. He says, hey, out of all the laws, you know, what, what, what's, the, what's the most important one? In other words, boil it all down for me. And Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And so what Jesus tells us here is that the greatest thing that we can do with our lives as followers of, of him is, 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 is to love him with, with everything we got. Is, 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 man, loving him is our highest priority. Caring about him. Worshiping him, whatever, whatever words you wanna, you wanna put on it. But then Jesus says, hey, hold on, before you leave, I wanna tell you what number two is. And Jesus says number two is equally important. He says number two is that you love others the way you love yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself. And that's not a narcissistic love. That doesn't mean, you know, navel gazing, aren't I great, aren't I, aren't I fantastic? You're such a good person. That's not what he's talking about here. He's saying that you loved yourself so much this morning when you got up and so did I, I made myself breakfast because I was hungry. I took care of a need I had and so did you. Maybe before you came here tonight, you loved yourself so much you made dinner for yourself. Or some of you will go out afterwards and you're gonna meet that need in your life because you're hungry. And Jesus says, that's okay. Love yourself to that degree. Just don't stop there. Do you care about others who may not have had breakfast? Do you love others the way you love yourself? We all have you know, homes or apartments that are gonna cover our heads tonight. Do you care about those who don't have a house to cover their head from the rain tonight? That's what he's talking about. You loved yourself so much you met a need in your life. Well, hey, care about others. Part of the reason why we give is because we have ministries here that do care about the homeless or the poor, or the working poor, or moms who are single moms and, and they're having babies and what do they do? We have incredible ministries here where money goes, resources go to fulfill what God says here. Here's my point. That is the greatest thing that God says you can do with your life, is to love him and to love others. John the Baptist said this, he said, he must become greater and greater, talking about Jesus, and I must become less and less. And let me tell you something, the more you love him, the, with everything you got, the more you're loving other people, you know what happens? You do become less and less, and Jesus does become greater and greater. But this is a part of God's heart for all of us, is that Jesus becomes 
the central focus of our lives or our families or whatever it is. And we just somehow keep slithering into the, the, the backdrop, if, if you will. Paul said this in Romans 8. He said, for God um, knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. There was a reason why God chose you. There was a reason why God drew you to himself. There's a reason why he opened your eyes to the truth of the gospel. And that is he wanted to make you more like his son. Now you're never gonna be a son. I'm never gonna be a son. But that's the bar. That's the guy, you know, pictures on our, you know, refrigerators. He, that's what I'm trying to become. God wants us to be more and more like Jesus. Because the more and more we're like Jesus, the more and more he is lifted up and the less, you know, obviously we become. Paul makes this statement in um, Ephesians chapter five. He says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're one of his dear children. Think that through for a moment. God says, hey, I want you to imitate me. Now, the only way we can imitate him is to know Jesus. Jesus was God in human form, and so we read through the Gospels or whatever, and we get to see the life of Jesus. We're, we're trying to be more and more conformed to Jesus, but here we have God saying, hey, Big Valley Grace, those of you that are members here, I want you to imitate Jesus. Whew, man, that's weighty. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Oh man, wow. Hear this. God is saying to you and I, look, live your life in such a way that if people imitate you, they'll be imitating Jesus. Because I want you to be an imitator of Jesus. I want you to be more conformed to his image. I want him to become greater and greater and for you to become less and less. I want you to love him with everything you got and love others the way you love yourself. I mean, there's some, there's some crazy stuff that God calls his people to. I'm just giving you one weighty thought. Paul said this in Ephesians 4, he said, therefore, uh, I, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Man, the great apostle saying, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Love God with everything you got. Love others the way you love yourself. I'm begging you. Let Christ become greater and you just become less. I'm, I'm begging you. Be more and more transformed into the image of Jesus. I'm begging you to be an imitator of God. I'm begging you to live your life in such a way that others, if they were to follow you, you'd take them to you know, the, the foot of, of Jesus. This is super important to God. But, but here's the problem. Okay, I'm getting somewhere. All of us are Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We just sang the song. There's incredible truth in that song. 
I know everybody who names the name of Christ longs to love God with everything they got and love others, you know, the way they love themselves. I know every father, follower of Christ wants to be an imitator of God, wants to live their life in such a way that others could follow them because they're imitating the Lord. The problem is, is that all of us are prone to wander. It's not easy. We, we prone to get stale in our relationship with Jesus, don't we? We're prone to, to, to get bored in our walk with the Lord. We're prone to stop coming to church. We're prone to stop getting into circles. We're prone to stop serving. We're prone to stop giving. We're, 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 we're prone to just get away from the things that God longs for his people. I listened to a song this week from Mary J. Blige, and it was entitled, I Can Do Bad All By Myself. Guess what? You can do bad all by yourself. You don't need any help. You can do it all on your own. You can wander from Christ all by yourself. The enemy will put people in your lives to help you do some wandering. The enemy will put people in, in, in your life to help you do bad, but you don't need them. You're capable of doing bad all by yourself. The great apostle Paul says this in uh, Romans chapter seven. It's a testimony about his life. He says, the trouble is with me for I am all too human. I'm a slave to sin. I, I don't really understand myself for I wanna do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what, is, what I hate. I wanna do what's right. I wanna love God. I wanna love others. I, 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 I wanna imitate Christ. I wanna be more, you know, you know, made in his image. I wanna live my life in such a way that if someone were to follow me, they'd be following Christ. I wanna do that, but I find myself at times not doing that. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature. I wanna do what is right, but I can't. I wanna do what is good, but I don't. I don't wanna do what is wrong, but I just, I do it anyway. And this is, at the apex of Paul's ministry. He's an apostle. And he's, he's talking about a real struggle in his life that we all have as followers of Jesus, all of us. We are prone to wander. We can do bad all by ourselves. Galatians chapter five says this, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with each other so you aren't free to carry out your good intentions. Wow, is that an incredible piece of information, church? 
Yes, Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But you're stuck with the old nature, the Adamic nature. It's like, it's like there's a civil war that goes on within your soul at times. Man, you, you have the Holy Spirit that wants you to love God and love others. And the Holy Spirit wants you to, you know, come to church and get in circles and serve and give. The Holy Spirit gives us these incredible desires, but unfortunately, the Holy Spirit is housed in this earth suit, and this is the headquarters of sin. That's what your flesh is. You're, this doesn't get to go to heaven. You'll get a new one of these because this one's all goofed up. This one ends up in a pine box. But there it is. There's your flesh. And it, <laughs> it doesn't want you to come to church. It doesn't want you to get in circles. It doesn't want you to serve anywhere. It doesn't want you to give. It doesn't want anything. Anything that God's word says, it's just the opposite. Literally, um, give you another illustration. Forget the Civil War one. You know what? You're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's a story of a, of a, of a guy. He was a doctor, and the doctor was a good guy. He was a righteous guy. He was a good guy in society. But he had this dark side, Mr. Hyde. And Mr. Hyde was just evil and wicked and crummy. Some people think that the author was a believer and that the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde really is the story of every single Christian. We wanna do good, we wanna do right, we wanna do all these things we want to be good, active members of the church. I've never, in my 40 years here, and I guarantee you, Alan hasn't either, and we're the only two pastors in the room, I think. Never once have we met somebody who said, yeah, I want to be a member, but frankly, I just want to be a crummy member. Really, Alan, just, just put me down, and you know, I just want to be a crummy, uh, you know, non-effective member of the church. Never happens. Usually when people join the churches, there's great excitement and man, I'm a part of this thing. I want to be a man. But because of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or in this case, Mr. Hyde in our lives, sometimes it's hard. Doesn't, doesn't work all that well. In fact, maybe that's why Jesus says this in, in Matthew chapter 26, he says, Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing. Dr. Jekyll's willing, but the body's weak. You know, Mr. Hyde's, you know, lurking behind every bush. And so what you need to do is you need to keep watch and pray. This ain't no joke, this Christian life we're in. You wanna be a good active, healthy member of the church, it ain't no joke. It ain't gonna be easy. Coming to church, getting into circles, serving, giving, all those things, it ain't gonna be easy. 
Here's the deal. Here's the big thought, okay? Because of this war that wages within our souls, you and I need to have people in our lives that will help us, encourage us, care about us, pray for us, and do their best to hold us accountable to what God wants for our lives. See that? That's, that's, that's basically number, um, number six in this thing. Actually, number seven, will and accountability. That's, that's what God wants. The reason why these elders put that in there 40 or 50 years ago was they understood the war. They understood that this isn't gonna be an easy thing. And so people need to be you, you know, in, in, in a relationship with those that might be able to hold them accountable. The Bible says care for one another, encourage and build up one another, stimulate one another to love and good deeds. There's all these one another's in the scripture. Why are they there? Because Dr. Jekyll is battling Mr. Hyde. And you need to have those people in your lives that will help you. So do I. We all need them. We're in a war, man. It ain't no joke. I love what Titus chapter two says. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderous or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. In other words, what, what Titus, what Paul's telling us here through this letter he wrote is, wow, older gals, you got a role to play because the younger gals, they're dealing with, you know, Mr. Hyde too. But they're just not as mature as you are. They, they don't have as many, you know, miles on their odometer of life than you do. They haven't walked with Jesus as long as you've walked with Jesus. And so they need you in their lives to hold them accountable and encourage them and all those things. It's a beautiful concept. And the same thing would be true with older guys with, with, you know, younger guys. And by the way, I, I think what's most important in, in our context here is older in the faith. You can have a younger guy who knows more about scripture or whatever than an older guy. But the older guy, by the way, he's got something that you young buck need too. It may not be all the, the great scriptures because he didn't know that much. But he's been around the block a few times. I love what Hebrew says, and this kind of, I think, gets us to number seven, literally. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. And this is where the elders and the pastors come in. You can kind of see, I, I took it from a spotlight and it's now down to a laser beam. 
One of the main roles of the elders of this church, the pastors of this church, is we're here to go, hey, look, we want to encourage you. We want to help you to get into a row. We want to help you and encourage you to get into a circle. We're here to, you know, are, are, you, are you serving somewhere? Hey, we're here to, to you know, man, are, are, are you giving? That, that's one of our main roles. I mean, it's not the only role, but that's what we do. And I know for some of you, you get mad. Oh, no, here comes countryman. I know what he's going to do. He's going to ask me, where am I serving? Yeah, you're right. I'm going to. Because we believe that's what a healthy, active member of our church does. You see? I'm not just being a jerk. When Alan calls you up, if you filled out that card and he says, hey, listen, you know, you put on the card here, you really know how to, I don't know, do plumbing. And we got someone in our church, an older woman who's lost her husband. And can you go help her? Man, thank God that there's an older man, a pastor of our church, who's calling you up, encouraging you to use your gift and your talent, your ability. That's what we're here for. That's what the elders are for. And someday we're going to stand before God, Alan and I, the elders, we're going to stand before God. If we blow it, we'll stand before God. Because that, that's the role that they've, you know, God's given us. And sometimes, you know what, guys like Alan and I got to do, and, and elders and whatever, oh, we got to grab you by the lapels and say, what are you doing? Don't do that. You're goofing your life up. Mr. Mr. Hyde's gotten control. Don't do that. God has a greater plan for your life than what you're doing right now. Don't live like that. It's a little bit like what Jesus did with the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. He waits until everybody's gone. He basically says to her, look, don't live that way anymore. Don't use your body like that anymore. God has a far greater plan for your life than how you're using it now. Go and, and don't sin anymore. Too often when you hear that story, you, you will hear a preacher, you know, go and sin no more! And that is not the tone of that conversation with that woman. And sometimes Alan and I, the elders, pastors, gotta, by the way, sometimes we need it. Sometimes I need it in my life. We're not, you know, you know, Alan and I, when we became pastors, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde didn't in. Mr. Hyde didn't go, well, hey, you know, Alan, you're now a pastor and, you know, I'll leave and go hunt down somebody else. No, we deal with it too. So uh, I'm gonna ask, uh, who's coming out? <laughs> Man, it stinks getting old. Uh, Joseph's coming out, yeah. Man, I can't remember half the time. We're just gonna end with a chorus, okay? But my, my main point, I hope you got it, was look, I know we all wanna do great things for the Lord, there's no doubt. But because of the war that we're in, we need others in our lives, don't we? 
We need to have people in our lives that hold us accountable. And at the highest level of the church, it's the elders, the pastors. But you know what? That doesn't mean that we don't do it in our small groups or whatever that is, because we, uh, we all need that. Father, thanks for a chance just to be together, look at your word. And may this song be a great way to kind of end our, our, our evening. And I pray this in your name. Amen.